right. Hello, everybody. Paul Sullivan here with Nico and Mark Hernandez. We're getting going on uh, episode number three, potentially. So this episode is going to be a little different. Um, we're recording it on Sunday, February 26th. Um, we already have a schedule uh, podcast to be released tomorrow. JC Ariza. That was a great podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed that one. This should be released uh, next Monday. Um, and we got Danny Wachanski coming on today. Uh, he's actually probably one of the first athletes working with Elevate Nico, right? One of one of the first? Um, or uh, Not really. It was kind of like uh, – I was probably doing it for over a year, honestly, when Danny joined. Um, and I always thought about him because I've known him kind of like how you and JC have known each other. Like me and Danny never actually played with each other because of uh, our age difference. Um, but I I've just known him for a while and I actually want to see what kind of stories he has from our old coach. The coach we have was insane too. Kind of like the guy you were talking about in the, in the JC interview. So I want to hear a story that Danny has, but Danny is uh he's a great kid. He's had a really wild journey in professional baseball so far. So yeah, I'm excited gonna to hear able, everything is uh you're gonna be able to find this podcast on beyondthefield.pod on Instagram. Make sure to give that a follow. We'll be posting reels of, of parts of the podcast that we really like. Um, make sure to follow Elevate Media Sports on Instagram. And uh, Elevate NIL is for our college guys. Uh, Danny's not a college guy anymore. He played at Pace, but um, he's trying to find an affiliate spot right now. I'm interested to see where he's at with that. All-time uh, strikeout leader at Pace, too. Is I it? was looking up his stats before. I don't I don't want to jerk him too much yet before he's on the pod because I want him to hear the jerking. But <laughs> Danny, I looked up his stats and my, my jaw dropped. He's thrown 200 innings for Pace and had a career one – three era like uh, unbelievable numbers and he had a lower era in, in, in the any 10 he had a lower era than uh, josiah gray who's on the on the nationals now he's in the he's a big leaguer danny is someone who i feel like has been slightly overlooked um and i hope that he is going to get an opportunity i hope this podcast gives him an opportunity to get a story out there a little more um please like share subscribe with everyone that you know if you like here the interview you hear today um, it would really help him out a lot, uh, trying to get his story out there and trying to complete his dream of making it making it to the league. I think he's got a crazy awesome story too. I mean, I looked, I did, did a little research behind it. It just seems like he bounced around, has a lot of experience, and there he yeah. is. What's up, Danny? Just to let you know we're recording. We're really excited to have you on. We 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 kind of go right into all of our interviews with our athletes. We don't want any behind the scenes, you know. Here, here's what we're gonna ask type of type of interviews. This is, you know, as as uh, free as it gets. Uh, if you if you're got any beers open, you want to crack them. We're good, uh, but we're really excited to have you on the pod today. Yeah, no worries. Let's get right into it. What's How up, you doing? Danny? How you doing? How we doing, Danny? How's it going? going? Everything's good, man. Just getting home from work and stuff like that. So, what is work for you outside of baseball? Just giving lessons and stuff like that, coaching kids, and, yeah, just waiting for my season to come back. Yeah, so, actually, I'd like to start with uh, you just won a, a title over um, in the Puerto Rican Winter League. So, talk a little bit about that experience. I know you threw 32 innings. I checked the stats, amazing stats. Looks like you had a great, great season over there. 
what was it like going over, playing overseas? Was that your first time playing on a team overseas? What was that experience like? Kind of take the listeners through what it's like playing in a, a league where you, you're not, your first language isn't even the first language of the, the country over there. No, yeah, that it was fun. I definitely enjoyed it. If I get the opportunity to go back, I definitely will. Um, yeah, obviously not knowing the language is definitely a little tough, but um, I had a good buddy of mine, Willie, who speaks both English and Spanish, who's from Connecticut, and he was on the team. So it kind of helped like having him like by my side with me every day. But no, it was fun. A good experience. Great, uh, great baseball over there. I mean, everyone you play against is either in affiliate ball or wasn't affiliate ball. A lot of guys who have big league time or were in the big leagues. And I, I don't know, to me, it was just like the best experience I had playing against like the best competition I've played so far in my little short stint of pro ball. Yeah, and throwing the ball real well while doing it. Um, what was your Spanish knowledge going in and what was it coming out? Like, are you, are you kind of fluent in Spanish now? <laughs> Oh, no. So, like, obviously, like, in like high school and stuff like that, like, people take, like, a language, like, Spanish, Italian, or whatever. I didn't do any of that. I took sign language. But, uh... <laughs> no way. Yeah, so... So, I kind of, like, didn't know anything going in. But, uh, as I kept hearing, like, stuff around the locker room, I started, like, kind of, like, putting two and two together. Or if I didn't know anything, I'd be like, hey, like, what'd they say? Or, like, something like that. But I definitely got to pick up on my Spanish if I'm planning on going back. Can you yeah, show today. us how to play hello in, in sign language? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's easy. Like, hello is just like that. It's pretty simple. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's all good. I wish our high school did that. I took three years of Spanish, and uh, I, you know, if I went there to play baseball, I would have zero knowledge of anything that they were saying. So <laughs> zero years or three years, for me, it wouldn't make a you know, single difference. No, 100%. Because, like, one of my buddies is uh, considered a native, but he's from New York, and uh, his last name is Rodriguez, but he like he knew little Spanish going over there and like he could like make out some of the stuff and like kind of like speak with them. But you could definitely tell like he had the little gringo side to him where like you definitely could tell he like is a little uh, not as uh, good speaking Spanish as like the rest of the guys. Knew, knew as much as he needed to to get by. A hundred percent. Yeah, Danny. So uh, the last guy that we had on. um Paul actually knew him from growing up and playing ball with him. Um, and the way that me and you met was through uh, Jose Reyes uh, with the Kings. Um, and anyone who's listening, it's not the Jose Reyes who played on the Mets, but um, <laughs> this was our this was our coach, um, or at least like when I was in middle school. Danny, I, I think you're like three or four years older than me, so you were definitely in high school at the time. Um, but I, you got to give me one crazy uh, Jose story, maybe one that you could share um on like a public platform because i'm sure some have to stay uh, behind closed doors but if if you can give i mean at least these two guys they'll appreciate it like i i need one good uh jose reyes story i'll give one that i could say on here um yeah so we were down in fort myers playing in a perfect game tournament and uh it's starting to piss rain outside and we're all in the field like we're on defense at this point and he's just on the side of the dugout, like standing on the field. And he's like screaming, if my players are in the rain, then I'm in the rain. The umpire had to call time and like tell him to get off the field while we were like mid pitch. So like that was probably one of the funnier ones with him. Cause obviously, you know how Jose is. He's like very like yeah. wire, like team com uh, camaraderie and all that stuff. And like always wants to do like what his guys are doing. Like the guy would come into practices in full on baseball uniform every day, whether we're inside, outside. So he's one of those, like, very old-school, traditional, like, Dominican baseball players. 
Sounds like a dog. Yeah, yeah dude, oh, he, he was a great guy. I don't even know how, how old he is anymore, Danny, but he was probably in his like fifties or sixties when he was coaching me. And he, he was in the best shape of anyone on the, like, it doesn't matter if you were a college pro guy, he, this guy could outlift you. He could outrun you. Um, just absolutely insane shape for his age. Um, and definitely someone who I needed when I was growing up, like, you know, playing baseball in middle school, definitely toughened a lot of kids up um, and instilled a lot of really good values in a lot of us. Oh, 100%. He did a lot for me. Uh, he had me playing 18U when I was 14 and kind of like made me a man fast and kind of like told me to grow up really quick. So it was one of those things I really appreciate. And he kind of instilled that like dog factor in me to kind of like never give up and like don't be softball on the field. And I don't know, I, I definitely thank him a lot for instilling that in me. So playing at a uh... – up while you're younger now while you're playing pro ball you're probably experiencing that it's not age groups obviously anymore but you know you're a younger guy on probably a lot of these rosters playing with I don't know what was probably the oldest guy you've ever played with what are those dynamics like in the locker room are you able to still build a relationship with someone that say is 35 still trying to get their career going or wherever they're at in their their career how how is relationship building in the locker room with with the older guys, younger guys? Oh no, it's great. Like I like for instance, like in winter ball, like I don't know if you know the name Daryl Thompson, but he was a he was a big leaguer with the Cincinnati Reds and stuff like that. And he's been playing indie ball. He plays for the Blue Crabs in Southern Maryland. But like he's one of those guys who like he has a very good open personality and like he's never one to like shy away from like talking to anyone or like big leaguing someone. Like really nice guy. And, like, just, like, hearing stories of, like, how he almost uh, – he um, was almost late to his big league debut at Yankee Stadium and stuff like that. It's, like, stories like that and, like, just, like, things that, like, you wouldn't expect from someone who's older. Like, I think he's 36 or something like that. So, he's got 10 or 11 years on me. So, it's – Wow. Yeah. So, there wasn't really, like, a big difference with, like, guys in the locker room. Our youngest guy was 21. And then our oldest guy, I think, was 40, I believe. So That's it's so like, crazy. yeah, it's, it's wild, but no, everyone kind of like gelled together and it was just like, you know how baseball is. Baseball is kind of very like contagious where like guys are like get together really quick and basically just form friendships and a brotherhood really quick. So no, yeah, there wasn't like a big difference with like the whole age group. It's funny to me, like you don't know these guys, for example, I just transferred to Tampa for the first year and mm -hmm. this is, we can call this an explicit podcast so I can tell this story, but you're you don't know these guys and then all of a sudden you're showering next to them and you know exactly what their cock looks like and it's no, like well, okay yep. it, it's like all right we're best friends now i, I don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> well that's how like, it was we are like, best friends because yep. even at my school like i transferred a pace and like everyone i got i kind of had a target put on my back because my assistant coach kind of like threw me under the bus and was like yeah this guy's here to take your innings and i'm just like all right, it's my first day. Like you're putting like a target on my back and stuff like that. But even at pace, like we didn't shower, like we didn't have a locker room like that to where we could all shower. So it's like practice or game, you go back to your house or your dorm and then you shower there. So like when I first got in the pro ball showering, like with the team was like super weird to me. <laughs> wow. So that's something that I've been doing since like freshman year of, of, of baseball at Iona. And it's just normal to I, – if, if I have practice and then I have to get to class 30 minutes after practice ends, I have no time to go home and shower. It's like shower yes. at the locker room or I'm smelling like shit in class. Yep. So yep. I would always choose to just shower. And it's part of college athletics. It's part of 
professional athletics and it's something where you don't know these guys all of a sudden you're placed on the same roster as them and now you guys are everyone's forced to gel and, and win ball games. A hundred percent. Like I could tell you a funny story, like the little stint I was with uh, Milwaukee, we were down in the locker room and I wasn't really changed for anything. I was still doing physicals, but like guys had practice and all the Latin guys were just screaming, Hey, water's free, water's free. And like all the like high school draft picks were like super afraid to shower because again, like in high school, you're not showering with the team after your game. You're just getting in your car and your dirty uniform and going home. So it's like, a kind of like a huge change for people so like for me even like after college it's just like whoa like I don't really expect this and then like now it's like something normal you just have guys just walking around naked in the locker room yeah. and have on and <laughs> it's like super normal it is. I, feel like, I feel like that is something that I never had to do at, at my school while I was still playing I think the closest thing that I've done to that is is the lifetime bathrooms with, with the 80 year old men who's just aren't afraid yeah. to drop the towels but that's that's probably my closest experience uh Danny I did want to ask you so you've obviously bounced around a bunch I mean Brewers Rangers Diamondback Indians like we could go on but I also know that you your uh, your beanie that you got on right there, the the elbows. I want to hear a little bit about that. I, I heard that that's a little startup. I just want to hear your description of that. No, yeah, so that's kind of over. But um, so when I got my Tommy John, my buddy Ari also got Tommy John done too, like a couple months after me. And we were kind of just like messing around, like, yo, like, dude, we're the elbows. And like, we just started like messing around calling each other that. And I was like, yo, that'd be a pretty cool t-shirt like idea. He's like, yeah, like we should possibly do that. So like I had a buddy from Juco who was like into graphic design. And I was like, hey, like I kind of have an idea. Like, can you like mock this up for me? And he kind of came up with this pretty cool design. And then I showed him and then my other buddy, uh, some of you might know Mike Lembo. Um, he also had Tommy John and we all got our surgery done by uh, Chris Ahmad. So we were all like, hey, like, why don't That's we all the Yankees just... doctor, right? Correct. Yeah. So we were all like, wait, this is a kind of a cool idea. Like we should start doing something. So uh Mike Lembo went online and like took the graphic design I made and like started making like t-shirts and like hoodies and like hats and stuff like that and we were like you know this isn't pretty bad so like I made an Instagram account for us um yeah and then just started kind of like coming up with stuff and just started following random people and my goal with it was like to try to get like more of like the big league guys uh who had Tommy John uh to get like gear like shirts and hats and all that stuff so one of my teammates from my first year with the Boulders is uh, Ben Strom, and his brother Matt is in the big leagues. He was with the Padres. Now I believe he was with the Red Sox this year. And then now I think he's with the Phillies. And he told me he's like, yeah, he had Tommy John. So I was I texted uh, Mike Lembo and I was like, dude, like, do me a favor. I'll even pay for it. I really don't care. Let's get like a one of one like Padres colored uh, Elbro shirt. So we made a brown shirt with yellow lettering, and he. We got it sent to me, and then I uh, had uh, had Ben send it out to his brother in uh, San Diego. And, yeah, he was just uh, wearing that around a little bit. I was trying to have him show it off because then Clevenger had surgery and uh, Very cool a couple story, other guys. Yeah. And then I found out when I was training back home that uh, Dylan Patances had Tommy John. So we were trying to figure out, all right, he's with the Mets. Like, let's get, like, a, either an orange and a blue shirt or, like, a blue and orange colorway and, like, get him one and then I was trying to like reach out to like players online obviously my platform isn't the biggest and I don't have a blue check mark next to my name but I was just trying to reach out to like big league guys like Chris Sale just had his surgery at that point and stuff like that so I was like hey like why don't we reach out to like guys like that to possibly wear our stuff and like get that spreading and then I like that's a had, great idea yeah then you had a couple guys like in uh 
like the SEC, like following us. Like I forget, uh, forget the guy's name. He's he went to Vandy. He was drafted by, uh, I think it was Spencer Jones or something like that. He got drafted by the Yankees. Actually, two way guy, lefty pitcher. Apparently, he had TJ, so he followed us. And then we started trying to do that whole like I think it was like the NLI stuff or uh, whatever the stuff was for college guys to have yeah. like brand ambassadors and stuff. So we were trying to do that, and then kind of just like we just kind of went under and like not really like paid attention to that because I got back into playing and uh, Ari got back into playing and Mike was so busy working and then he was getting married and all that stuff. So kind of just yeah. like, weather. but yeah, no, Something it was pretty in the cool. Future. Don't let that idea go. That's say. really cool. Yeah. No, 100%. Say, maybe definitely. we can find something to, to help some elevate athletes with getting them wearing the gear or we can, we can maybe work, make that, you know, into a full blown business in the future after your playing career is over, whenever you guys want to get back. Definitely. Into I'm a Tommy John guy. I, so just for the listeners out there who don't fully know, Tommy John is uh, a UCL reconstructive surgery that a lot of pitchers uh, have to go through. Um, it's a year long recovery for the most part. Danny, how long was your recovery? Yeah, mine was a year, but I got lucky with COVID hitting. So I had extra time on top. So I, I took my sweet time. Same. I got mine in May of 2019. And then, yep, you, got, you got it before me. I got mine in September. Yeah. So the recovery time during COVID was actually a blessing in disguise. Like it gave me time to kind of just work out, do PT. It was annoying having to go into masks and, and into the facilities with all the masks on. But it was like I didn't really have much else to do besides recover from TJ and continue, you know, living the COVID lifestyle that we all had to live for a few years. So I, yeah. like you said, kind of a blessing in disguise for both of us getting in at the time that we did. Oh, 100 percent. So also, we're kind of bouncing around a little bit here chronologically, um, but I did want to go back to uh, your recruitment out of high school and then deciding to go to Pace. So to give the listeners a little bit of uh, how you decided to go to Pace and like kind of a little recruitment story you could, you could tell the listeners. No, yeah, well, in high school, um, I stopped pitching and I stopped pitching at a young age and then with Jose, we went to Fort Myers and we ran out of pitching. He didn't like know the whole like format. It was like, it was like a pool play thing. And then every team makes the playoffs. So like he burned all of our pitchers in pool play. And I, I stopped pitching at this point. I was just playing first base and hitting. And he was like, yo, dude, like I need you to pitch. Like I have nobody. So I was like, all right, whatever. And then we're like trying to figure out who we're playing. And an East Cobb team came up and I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. Every time you hear East Cobb and like perfect game, you're like, oh, here we go. Like it's the Astros or whoever. Yeah. So I got I got asked to pitch that game and I went like seven scoreless. And that kind of got me back into pitching. And I wasn't really like big into it. And I, I disliked hitting. I wasn't a big fan of hitting. I was never really like a great hitter, but I was OK. And the then weapon. Yeah, oh, I was. Hey, I, saw, was I saw the video on your Instagram of you going yard today. That's all I'm saying. No, I think I it was mean, one of the first time. <laughs> Juco, Juco was a little different. I was swinging for the fence, but uh, I'll get Danny into that. Danny was silky too. smooth at first. Do, Danny, don't sell yourself short. I, I remember you fielding when we were at uh, the fields with Jose, dude. You were insane defender at first. I, I actually remember uh, Coach Allen. Uh, do you remember him yep. when he was with Jose? I remember he was like, Danny, like, get in the mound, bro, get in the mound. And you were like, yeah, maybe tomorrow or whatever. And he, I remember he forced you to throw a pen. I, mean, like, that, I think that was my first memory of seeing you pitch uh, on a mound to someone. Yeah, it took me a while to get back on the mound. I was like, I'm so over pitching. Like, I don't want to do it. And then uh, after I saw I do really well that one game, I was like, 
man, I hate hitting. Like, let's not hit anymore. And then I really didn't get recruited out of high school. So the only offers I really had was like uh, St. Thomas Aquinas and like a couple other local D2s and stuff like that. And my grades weren't great. So my parents were like, yeah, you're going to go to JUCO. So I went to RCC, which is Rockland Community College right by me. And they're like, do get your grades up and we'll figure it out. They wanted me to do two years. So I played my first year and I actually hit better than I pitched, which was funny. I had like a 3-3 ERA, but I batted like 372 with like two jacks. And (laughs) uh, yeah, so I was out for some reason I did better there. And then uh, I played summer ball my freshman summer at, in the ACBL with the Eagles. And uh, I was just pitching there. So I, I made the all-star game and everything. And then I got offered uh, by Stack again to a full ride. They're like, yeah, we want you to two-way. And I was just like, no, I don't want to go Stack. And then I had a couple teammates that I played with with the Eagles. They were all at pace. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have our coach come watch you and this and that. So I don't know if any of you guys know who uh, – Coach Grisha DeVita was from Pace, the little dude with the mustache. The name sounds familiar, but I, I can't, like, say that I know him. Yeah, so he – I wasn't even pitching in-game. I had, like, a like a bullpen before the game or during the game. So we were playing in, in Neck at that, like, park. I forget what the name of the park is. But I'm just throwing, yeah. like, a side bullpen. And uh, there's just this little dude, like, looking through the fence, like, hanging on the fence. And I finished up my bullpen, and a couple of my teammates from Pace were like – oh, did you see our coaches watching you? And I'm like, no, there's just some dude that looks like Albert Einstein on the fence. And they're like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So then he, like, stuck around. He came to, like, an outing. Uh, he came to an outing I had. It was after the All-Star game. Our coach was like, dude, we need you to pitch. It was the day after because we had to make the playoffs. So I, uh, I had pace and I think Rutgers come. And my arm was killing me. I was, I wasn't throwing super hard in the all-star game. It was like the hardest I've thrown at that age. And it was like, I was like 87, 88. And then. Hey, don't uh, be sitting on 87, 88. That gets out. (laughs) No, I I was definitely super pumped. (laughs) But then the next, the next day, the next day I had a pitch in the regular game and I was like 83, 84. And the Rutgers guy just left after like the first inning. But like, I went out there, I think I went like five innings, like maybe one run. And, uh, Pace uh, told me to come on a visit, and this is when I had my really long hair. So I went on a visit to Pace, and I was just rocking, like, the little flow band with, like, just, like, sweatpants on, walking around the campus with the guy, DeVita. And basically, uh, he's, like, walking me around. He's like, you know what your goal is for you when you come here? And I wasn't even committed yet. And I was like, no, like, what, to graduate? And he's like, no, to get your name on a building. I'm like, dude, what? So, like, <laughs> wow, yeah, I like, yeah, I was, I like that. I was like, all right. So then I went to go see the head coach, which is Hank, uh, which is Hank Manning. And I walk right into his office and he sees me and he goes, oh, so that's the look we're going with. And I just was sitting there with like my headband in and like whatever. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, I wasn't really like making a whole big deal about coming on a visit. And he's like, oh, OK, he's like, I've never seen you pitch before, but I'm going off to Vita's word. And he offered me a scholarship and I went home with my dad and uh, he was just like, yeah, like if Dan, the only way you're leaving Juco a year early is if you go to pace. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. I'm getting out of pay. I'm getting out of RCC. I don't want to be there anymore. So right. then over, yeah, over the summer, I called uh, coach Manning and I was just like, yeah, I, I want to come play at pace. And I had to take the fall semester at RCC and take this one uh, biology course. And then if I got a C plus or above, I was able to transfer in the pace and play. So I did nice. that. I went over to pace for my sophomore season. 
Yeah, so I was looking at the stats earlier. And, I mean, 200 career innings with a 1-8 ERA or whatever that is. You had – in 2018, you gave up four earned runs and 51 innings pitched. Like, that is unheard of at at that level. Like, that is – what were you feeling going out to the mound every day just knowing that Hey, I'm gonna go out there, get out without letting up runs. <laughs> like, what what is that feeling like? No, it was it was definitely fun. I mean, Coach Manning had a lot of trust in me and I, uh, my catcher back then. So like, we kind of had like a like a nice little uh, we had a nice relationship, and like Manning really didn't step on toes. I didn't step on his toes, and he kind of let the ball roll with us. And uh, I don't know, I just it was one of those like times where like the ball always felt super light and you always knew where it was going. Like when you touched the mound, it was never one of those like, Oh man, my changeup's not working. My curveball's not working. Like, I don't know, for some reason, it just felt like every time I touched the ball, I had that much confidence that like, I knew no one was going to get in the box and like do a lot of damage. Yeah. That's, no, that's such an feeling. awesome feeling. That has to be a, an amazing. It was fun. Time. It was, that was, that was one of my favorite years, even though it got cut a little short to injury, but uh, no, it was yeah. fun. What was the injury that year? Was it was it the elbow? So I wasn't. So that's a funny story too. So uh, it was my last outing that of that year. We were pitching at New Haven in like April, and it was like thirty five degrees. And Oof. I went complete game. We won, I think, like four one, and I threw like a hundred and like forty pitches. So like my uh, my arm was hanging, so I, I didn't feel it. Like, obviously, we were all celebrating. New Haven was, like, top five team in the country for Division Two that year. And then we were all just like, all right, we're going to have to go out, celebrate, do whatever. So then I threw in my side bullpen, getting ready to pitch against LeMoyne, against JoJo Gray, which was I was so pumped for because I was like, all right, it's my junior year, it's my draft year. JoJo's a top prospect in the draft, the best pitcher in D2. It's going to be a great, like, head-to-head matchup. I know scouts are going to be there. Cross-checkers are going to be there. And I was throwing my side and my forearm was super tight. I was freaking out. I was like, what's going on? Like, I don't know what's like happening. So then we, we took a couple of days off. I tried throwing like a little like quick live outing and my forearm was still super tight. And I was freaking out. I was like, is my elbow killing me? But it wasn't my elbow. So then I got an MRI done and there was a, uh, I got a call from my uh, team trainer and I went to him and he was like, Hey, like, I just got told you have a partial UCL tear. So I started like freaking out. I was like, great, Mike, my season's over. Like I'm going to have to get surgery, like goodbye to the draft. So then they're like, yeah, go see the team doctor, go whatever. So I I drove, I was going at least like 95 on the Taconic State Parkway. I was freaking out. I was on the phone bawling with my parents. I was like, oh, it's over. Like the draft's gone. Signing bonus is gone. Injury stuff, man. So I went to go see him, and he couldn't even get the images up. So I asked for the disc, and I scheduled an appointment with Ahmad. And he uh, he looked at it. He did all these tests on me, and he was like, there's no tear. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, we have. there's no UCL tear here. So he was like, you just have forearm inflammation. He goes, you're going to shut down for the rest of the season. I'm going to give you these uh, – he's like, I'm going to give you these pills for inflammation. He goes, take these for like a month. So I did that. And then I had to like stop. I had to uh, call my summer ball coach and tell him like, "Hey, like, I'm not coming up. I was gonna go play in the NECBL again." And he was like, "Okay." So then I uh, I was feeling better. I got back in the throwing. I got off the mound, and I kept calling my college coach. I'm like, "Hey, like, I want to go play college. So I want to go play summer ball. I want to go to the NECBL. Like, can I go do that?" And he's like, "Drive up the pace. Throw live at bats. 
And if I see you look okay and there's nothing wrong, you're good to go. So I did that. I, the, they're all right. I mean, I got hit around a little bit, but everything felt fine. And he was like, if you want to go, go, but be careful. Like, we're going to keep tabs on you. I said, cool. So I called the, the GM of the team. I was like, hey, like, if you have room, can I come up and play? Like, I'm, I'm better. My coach says, like, I'm good to go. And they're like, yeah, come up, no doubt. They had me out of the bullpen. They also had, they had, me, they had me starting, but on an innings limit. So I was doing, like, a pitch limit. So my first, uh, my first outing was against uh, Newport Goals. So Newport has yeah. every Power Five guy in their on their team. Like they you know, play Jay right Hen- in Rhode Island, right? They play uh, yep. where on that? What field is that? That's a really cool, like old historic stadium. I remember. Yeah. So both dugouts are on the first base side, and you share the bullpen on the left field side. Yeah, I forget crazy what it's called. Field. But uh, they're announcing like the starting lineups, and I'm warming up, and all you hear is leading off someone from Vanderbilt, and the next guy is like Tulane, the next guy is Louisville. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. So then first bat of the game hits a liner in between short and third. And then the next guy almost takes my head off. And then the next guy after that's the Vandy guy hits a three run bomb. I'm like, here we go. So I threw 30 pitches in one and they're like, yeah, you're done. I was like, all right, whatever. And it was on my birthday too. It was my, I think my 21st birthday. So I was like, oh, here we go. Beautiful. Great way to start off being 21. But, um, <laughs> but no, I was just happy to be back out there and feeling fine. My coach was like, Hey, I know the numbers weren't good, but how'd you feel? And it was just, it was just a relief that I was back on the field and playing again and not having a tear like the, the, yeah. the team doctor said. Yeah. So that's actually that's uh, wild. They kind of misdiagnosed that at first, just in general. Oh yeah. Trust me. I've been misdiagnosed several times. That's what I wanted to talk about a little bit. So you're drafted out of pace, right? Can you tell yep. this story? So you're drafted out of pace. You, what was the team you were first drafted to? Milwaukee. Milwaukee and what happened you went for a physical and it, it you didn't pass or how, what happened there yeah so got drafted they sent everyone down to the spring training facility and then every guy who was a pitcher who got drafted was getting an MRI a full physical whatever and we did the MRIs I'm like just sitting there and they told us like once you get in this day like check the board uh you're gonna see what field you're on and I go to the board and I'm looking at field one, two, three, four. I don't see my name anywhere. So um, I go up to the uh, the physical uh, trainer and the medical guy. I'm like, hey, like, what field am I supposed to be on? Like, what's going on? I was like, other guys are signing their contracts today. What's going on? He's like, I'll speak to you in a little bit. So then a little bit, he comes back to me and goes, hey, come to my office. And I sat down. He goes, we got some bad news. We didn't like what we saw in your MRI. So we're not going to sign you. And I was just like are you serious? And they were like, yeah. I was like, well, can you tell me what's on the MRI? And they were like, here, here's the disc. You go look at it yourself. And I was just like, oh, like man. I'm, I'm like, I'm not a doctor. Like, I don't know what you want me to look at here. So then he just gave me the disc, told me to pack my stuff. And they had a bus take me back to the hotel. So I had to go pack up and uh, yeah, I got sent home. And then I went to Dr. Ahmad and he looked at the MRI and he was like, I don't see anything wrong here. He's like, there's no tear in your elbow, your shoulders intact. Like, I don't know what's going on. So then, yeah, I just sat around and waited for uh, another opportunity to come. And then the Rangers called a month later and they asked for the Brewers MRI. And I sent that to them. And then their doctor looked at it and said, everything checked out. If I wanted to come sign with them, I was like, yeah, of course. Why, why wouldn't I want to sign with another affiliate? So they sent me down to Arizona to their spring training facility. 
and I'm again, I'm doing all the regular normal physicals where they just check like your hips, your arm and all that stuff. And they're like, Hey, we're going to take you through an MRI. And I was just like, Whoa, like you guys looked at my brewer's MRI, like, shouldn't I be good? And they were like, yeah, but we want to see it for our own doctor. Like our own doctor wants to see it. So I was confused. So I called the scout who was signing me and I'm like, dude, you told me I was good. Like I have to do an MRI. He's like, Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. They already saw your brewer's one. Like you're going to be good. I go there. The machine breaks while I'm in it. Oh my God. Damn. You'd be then sorry, I wait. <laughs> so then they took me out of the machine. I had to fix it. I had to go back in. I fail again. Don't what tell me they what say it, you fail for. Yeah. They won't tell you. No one told me. Sent me back home. I asked for the disc. I had to get an Uber ride to the, uh, the doctor's office to go pick up the disc. Got sent home again. Went to a mod. He looked at it. He looked at both. I also sent copies to Dr. Olchek and Dr. Andrews. And all three of them said, listen, you have no tear. Like, there's nothing wrong with your arm. Andrews and Olchek were like, yeah, we wouldn't give you, we, we're not going to give you surgery. We wouldn't give you surgery. There's nothing wrong. Like, we, we're not going to touch your elbow. And I was like, well, I don't know what the hell to do. And then Ahmad's like, if you really want the surgery, we'll do it. We'll clean out everything. He's like, you just have bone spurs and like a little calcium deposit in your elbow. So I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm I still want to play. So like, let's get this cleaned out and like go from there. So we went to, we went down to the city and Ahmad gave me my uh, surgery and then, yeah, just rehabs from there. Wow. You, you, you might not have even had Tommy John. Uh, yeah, I, he completely took the ligament out of my leg and then put it in my elbow and then just cleaned out like the little bone spurs and like everything else. Well, like, you might not have even needed that. No, I didn't need it. I didn't have a tear. That is was one. there ever a chance that, that um, Dr. Ahmad was able to help you out with the Yankees in, in that situation? He told me he would speak to any teams if they had questions. And I, I had a note from my junior year when I got hurt from Ahmad. And I went to go show the brewers that, and they're like, no, we don't want to see it. Like, get out. Wow. Yeah, that's, so. That's horrible, dude. Yep. Some crazy behind the scenes, maybe. Some some sort of roster space or something. That just does, doesn't even sound right. So, because then you go, you recover from surgery, and then you go pitch for the boulders. I don't know if this was your most recent year, but you go pitch for the boulders, 62 innings, and make the all-star team. 3.1 ERA, like you're still throwing the ball amazing. When, what does it look like now? Like, have you had, have you been talking to any affiliated teams? Like what, what's the plans for the near future? Uh, well, I mean, after this, like during the season, like you guys know, I got picked up by uh, Arizona and then same thing, failed their MRI. I had, apparently I have ossification in my elbow, which every baseball player has. I went to Ahmad again. He was I, – I went home, pitched six innings, and went to see Ahmad the next day. And he said my strength in my elbow and everything else in my arm was A-OK. And he's like, if it was the Yankees who wanted you, you would have passed the physical. So I don't get what's going on. That is so wild. Yeah. We need to get this story out that you're going out and you're dicing every time. And why can't an affiliated team pass your physical? It doesn't really make sense to me. Everyone's going off a picture when not going off how the person feels. And I'm being completely honest to you on everything I love. My arm has felt great. My elbow has no issues. And I've made, I went out in winter ball. I told them I wanted to come out of the pen and I would come and spot start here and there. And I did both. I was spot starting, coming out of the pen, and I didn't miss a single time they asked me to pitch. That is crazy, man. I mean, you just got to keep going out there and 
Kill him with success. Kill him yep. with success. Yeah. Don't give him a reason not to. That's the only 100%. thing. 100%. I actually I have a question. It's kind of a kind of on topic, kind of off topic a little bit. Can you uh, give the listeners a little bit of insight on the uh, – what was it? I'm sorry. The Snapdragon? Oh, that's Robbie's curveball. <laughs> <laughs> that was his? I thought that was yours. No, yeah, it's all Robbie. Robbie comes up with all these names. Like uh, Nico knows he has a bunch of T-shirts made up with like Robbie's like little sayings, like Queso Bob Alto and Cuppy McChicken and Vulcan and all that stuff. It's like pit, like pitch names he comes up with for himself. Yeah, we launched that recently on the Elevate uh, page merch store. We're trying to sell some more merch. Danny, I think we have one or two of your merch uh, items up there as well. Um, yep. yeah, listeners can find that on uh, Elevate's Instagram page. There's a link in the bio. Um, but we're really trying to, you know, help athletes get some merch out that they want. You know, it's everyone yep. likes an own personalized logo. Be able to ha- see people uh, in the crowd or family members rocking your own personal logo before you go out there and pitch is, is a great feeling. Yeah, Danny, um, you know, obviously you started with, um, you know, your own um, Elbro stuff. And obviously we kind of came up with your logo and did some merch. So, you know, you've kind of always had that kind of like a business mindset. Was that kind of where like you and Robbie were, were able to um, kind of connect? I mean, like Robbie's very like forward thinking and he is very conscious of his own brand. Like, was that something that you guys could really uh, relate to with each other? You got cut out there. What happened? I was saying um, in terms of you and Robbie, like, how do you like, how did that friendship start? And like, were you guys able to like relate on um, on like the level where you guys are very conscious of like your own brands and, you know, trying to grow it um, on and off the field? Oh, yeah. So uh, my first year with the Boulders was in 21 and we were at uh, one of our games away. I think we were at like, uh, I, forget, I think we were at Jersey and I didn't follow Robbie and all this stuff. And Robbie didn't follow me. Robbie didn't even know who I was. And out of nowhere on my explore page, I see a, a photo with an edit of Robbie's logo of his face. And it's saying New York boulders next stop. And I'm like, Whoa. So like this guy is coming here. And like my dad used to send me videos of like Robbie stuff all the time and this and that. Cause my dad's big into like the whole, like, Oh, try this type of thing. Do that. Like trying to really just help me out and like help me get better as a pitcher. So I, I would see Robbie's stuff. And then I, I saw that he was coming to, to Rockland and I'm like, this might be weird. So everyone's like, oh, great. This guy's coming to Rockland. Like he's definitely one of those like know-it-alls and all this and that. And he, he gets to the game, uh, I think like two days later. And the guy's the nicest human being in the world. The guy's outgoing and like helping everyone and like, just joking around everyone has a really good personality and like kind of just like caught on to everyone everyone's like all right like this guy's a really good guy and uh yeah we we talk quite often and even like before we knew like if he was going to come back to the boulders and I was going to go back to the boulders like we were talking all off season and uh just like he would help me with pitching or just conversation in general and uh no yeah he just one of the best humans I've met and kind of just like a really good friend that like really looks for me and stuff like that. And he, he's honestly the one who got me into winter ball this year. He's the one who kind of got me on to playing there. He called the GM of that team and kind of got me a spot there. So I, I'm definitely grateful for uh, the friendship I have with Robbie. Nice. Can I, uh, can I ask how he is as a throwing partner? Oh, if you if you want a long toss every day, that's your guy. 
if you don't want a long toss and your arm feels horrible, yeah, don't throw it. He's one of he's one of those. I I couldn't hold up doing that. Oh no, there was there was there was one point he had me long tossing three days in a row, and I was just like, oh my god, like my arm's gonna fall off. And this guy's just throwing like foul pole to foul pole at me. I'm like five hopping him in a couple rolls, and I'm just like, dude, this guy's got to say move it in. How is it? Uh, how is it catching his stuff when you guys are having to catch when he's doing the, the dragon snapper or any other other crazy? How's that? Snap dragon. Snap dragon. Snap dragon. Snap dragon. <laughs> Shout out to snap dragon. No, it's it's fun. It's fun because he has fun with it. He obviously you know like the cameras on. He's has little mics and stuff like that. So like you try to like make the most of it and have fun, but obviously you're trying to be like be serious and focus in like while you're throwing. But uh, no, he's he's fine. He'll throw a curveball like three throws in, and then he'll like throw long toss change ups and all this other stuff. And like if he throws a really bad curveball like that, he throws like above my head. He'll like get yeah, one twenty. That's a strike. Like he just makes the most. He, he takes everything, makes everything so positive. It's not like oh man, like that sucked. Do you have any relationship? We had Alex Katz on as our first interview, and I know he uh, played in uh the Puerto Rican League winter league this past winter. Did you have any any stories with him or any uh any relationship with Alex? No, he was on my team. So uh we stayed in the same like we we had our own team hotel like so we stayed we stayed in the same building. Uh no Alex is great. He's he's a good guy. He only ate at one place. It was Pollo Tropical or whatever it's called or Tropical. He would drive there and just eat there every time and say, like, yo, this is like traditional Spanish food. We're like, dude, this is a chain place in in Puerto Rico or wherever. Like, I've, I've only seen it in Puerto Rico, but like you see hundreds of them all over the island. So I was just like, dude, that's not like traditional like Spanish food. Like go to a little place like a food truck or even like whatever. Like there's so many like chain like pollo tropicals or whatever all over the island. So I'm like, dude, you got to eat something other than that. He's like, I want to try one thing. Oh, he's like, I want to try the whole menu before I leave. So he was trying to order something different every time. Wow. So oh, what? So now, now that you're home for winter, where's home? Are you back in Rockland somewhere? Yeah, right now I'm in Rockland. So you're doing lessons there. If anyone, any listeners need uh, pitching lessons, hit up Danny. Uh, we can get you his contact information if you need it. Danny, if you want some more <laughs> lessons, we'll send you send them there your way. We know you. Yeah, know I'm there seven days a week. So if they want, yeah. Okay, and uh, what is um? So what are the plans for the upcoming season? Do we do we know anything yet, or it's all playing it by ear, staying ready? Uh, it's kind of just playing it by ear, staying ready. Hopefully, an affiliate will take a shot and not really worry about what imaging of my elbow looks like, even though there's no tear. But uh, yeah, just staying ready. I, I'm taking a little time off from throwing just because I threw for eight straight months. Yeah, and, uh, you got it. Yeah, I I'm just gonna go off that, and possibly I'll I'll be on a team in the Atlantic League this season, so I won't be back with Rockland. But I'm still trying to f- uh, figure out like where I'm gonna end up. So it's one of those things. Cool, definitely, a hundred percent. I just have one more question that I wanted to ask. Um, can you tell us and the listeners about the time that a fan asked you to sign their cleat? Oh yeah, so uh, one of the kids asked uh, asked me to sign their shoe, and like I just don't do well with feet, so it was just one of those things. I was just <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I'm not gonna sign that. And then other people have asked me like to sign their forehead, and I just I'm not gonna sign someone's skin either. So you're not big into into feet or skin or, or signing like earlobes or anything. 
No, not at all. <laughs> That's how you know you make it, Danny's when people start asking you to sign their forehead. You gotta step up to the plate a little bit. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I gotta maybe start uh actually signing people's foreheads and stuff like that. <laughs> we should make a headline. Danny Wachansky he will sign feet to get affiliate position. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. We'll sign feet. We'll sign feet. <laughs> All right, Danny. So wrapping up today, we actually have a new segment we want to start getting going here is I, I had this idea since the beginning of the pod, but I couldn't remember to go get the lottery ticket. So every guest we have on, we're going to we're going to have a little scratch off lottery ticket, right? We're going to be able to scratch it off here together. I'll start. It's going to be called something along the lines of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So if it's a winner, I'll send you it. Um, and hopefully on one of the podcasts, we'll be able to get a, a huge winner. And maybe the video will go viral and hopefully we can help out our athletes with a million dollar scratch off uh, winner. <laughs> you guys ever won any scratch offs? Like five dollars. Yeah, I think yeah. the most I got was like a ten dollar one once. I think that's about it. Dude, if you get ten, you better start celebrating. That's a good deal. Danny, you have already won two dollars. Let's go. All right. So right now, in order to win the money. You need to get three of the same numbers. I don't know if you guys can see this, but right now there's a 50,000 and a 50,000. So if this third one is 50,000. Oh our first God. lottery ticket winner, Drum and roll, it's please. not 50,000. $5 million? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Wait, real quick, um, on the topic of uh, scratch-offs, it's kind of making me think of uh, some local delis in Rockland. Danny, I, I used to grow up there, and uh, – I lived in uh, Rockland County for a while. Give me your go-to spot over there. Deli-wise, I mean, for me, I have two right by my house that I love. It's uh, Mountain View Deli, which is owned by, uh, you know, Mike D'Andrea. You went to yep, high yep. school with him. His yeah. family owns that one. I actually, I was actually there this morning. And then uh, another one that's kind of like closer to my house is Deli Central, which is really good. Gotcha. Yeah, no, Mountain View is very good. Have you been to Rockland Bakery? All the time, yeah. Rockland oh Bakery. Oh my good. god, the best bagels you'll ever get. Yep. Shout out Rockland Bakery, Rockland Bakery. Hit us up if you want to ever do any work. That place is unreal. I love that place. <laughs> I love Rockland Bakery, dude. That place is awesome. You're getting bagels for like 25 cents over there. That's what I'm saying. A bacon, egg, and cheese is 415. It's crazy. Highway Robert got a bagel if it if it hit him in the face. Highway yeah, all these Long Islanders. <laughs> All the Long Islanders say they got the best bagels, but who knows? Get the fuck out Bring of them to Rockland. If you're from Long Island, we'll take you to Rockland. On yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Danny, uh, we're going to wrap up tonight. We really appreciate having you on. Um, we love hearing your stories, and we're rooting for you day in and day out to, to get this affiliate position that you deserve. Keep going out there. Keep balling out. Um, and anytime you want to come back on, we uh, will always. you're always invited. Um, we really hope we can help you get your story out there a little bit more and, uh, listeners, please like share, subscribe. The, the, uh, podcast is going to be out next Monday on, uh, beyond the field.pod. We'll repost it on elevate media sports pages on Instagram, TikTok. Um, give us a like, give us a follow and let's get Danny an affiliated position. Kill him with success. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck with your seasons.